every one of you this morning have a desire to be perfect. Don't you? Isn't there a desire within each of us to live a perfect life and to do things perfectly? Now the sad thing about that is, is that nobody reaches perfection. That's disappointing. And no matter how hard you try to reach for perfection, and no matter how hard that you want to be perfect, somehow along the way, you will never reach perfection and you will never reach that level where you think you've done everything right. That's what we call life. You just never get there. Jesus, of course, is our example. And we've got to run the race with perseverance. And we've got to run the race with consistency. And no matter how much or no matter how big that desire in you to do things perfectly, somehow along the way you fail and you mess up. I'm thankful for the grace of God, though. And I'm thankful that the grace of God not only keeps me, but the grace of God pushes me towards the direction I need to go. And so when I think about God this morning, God is perfect. And everything that God does is perfect. It's beneficial to each of us. And no matter our perceptions about God or no matter what we experience about God, we know deep within us that God is just. God is holy. That's His nature. God is love. God is a righteous judge. And every decision that He makes is for our benefit. Whether we like it or not, it's for our benefit. And everything He does in creation, everything He has done in Scripture, and everything that He does in and through our lives this morning is for our benefit. It's perfect. It's right. And I think about God this morning, and I think about how awesome He is. You know, the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 31, the Scripture states, Then God saw everything that He had made, and He said it was good. The Bible says in Psalm 104, and verse 24, David's penned these words, and I quote, O Lord, how magnifold are your works, for in wisdom you have made them all, for the earth is the Lord's and all of its possessions. The scripture even records in Psalm 40, verse 5, David also said this, Many, O Lord, are your wonderful works, which you have made. Ladies and gentlemen, over and over, the prophets in the Scriptures, those who wrote the Scriptures, testified that God was perfect and that God was just and that God was merciful. No matter how we feel, God was always right. His decisions were always merciful and full of justice and grace and full of perfection. And, you know, one thing about God is that there is nothing imperfect about God. You, you can't find anything imperfect about Him because He is the example of perfection. Everything He does exemplifies His glory because He's God. The whole earth is a display of the glory of God. 
It is no wonder David said in Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein. You see, I don't think that the question this morning is, how perfect is God? Because all of us know God is perfect. And all of us know that everything that God does is good and perfect. But I am wondering, and I just have this thought. I am wondering if we can look at history, or if we can look at the Bible, or we can look at experience and ask ourselves the question, could God have done better? Is there something in the Bible? Is, is there something in our life? Is there something in the pages of history that we can pinpoint and ask the question, maybe God, you could have done better at that. Now, I, I don't know, because I ask myself that question, I, I should have done better or I shouldn't have done that, or I shouldn't have said that. I am always asking myself that question, can I do better? But I am wondering, has God ever asked himself that question? Has God ever said, I, I probably could have done better. I don't know. God is so perfect, God is so holy, God is so just. I am not even sure if we can propose the question if God could have done better. I read the scriptures and I think to myself, now God, if I was you, I would do it this way. Especially if I was Jesus, you know, if I didn't like the religious leaders, I would just make them suspend in the air. Come on, somebody, I would trick them with their food. I would, I would use my power to demonstrate to them that I'm it. But that's God. That's not me. You see, I'm always asking, Josh, maybe you could have done better, but in my theological training, I've often wondered if God ever said, I probably could have done better at that. Have you ever thought about the universe? Have you ever thought about the heavens and the earth? I'm wondering, Pastor David, if God said to himself when he threw the stars into nothing. I'm wondering if God ever said to himself, I probably could have done that better. Now, the scripture says he said it was good. But I'm wondering if God ever thought I could have done that better. Just think about the heavens, Sister Madge. Think about the earth. Think about the universe and ask yourself, was that God at his best? Did God do his very best when he created the heavens and the earth? Or do you think that he could have done better? The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now I want to ask you this question. 
what more could God have done than to create the heavens and the earth? I mean, just take a look with me at the vastness and the majesty and the many mysteries of the universe. Not only the universe, but the world, North American continent, the seven continents of the world. Look at the beauty, look at the vastness, look at the majesty of what God has created. I'm, I'm wondering if God ever said, maybe I could have done better. I, I don't know. But if you look at the United States, you start from California and you start from the West Coast, and you go all the way through the United States, I'm wondering if God was at His best when He did that. You start in California, and it's almost as if you can feel the arid climate of California's Death Valley. As you spread from the West, you could look at the beauty of the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. As you make your way towards the East Coast, you stop at the wonder of the Grand Canyon of Arizona. You look at the vastness of the plains of Texas and the stone mountains of Georgia to the beautiful bluegrass of Kentucky and the Everglades of Florida and the Allegheny Mountains of Pennsylvania, to the mighty mountains of New York, to the hilltops of New Hampshire. You look at the beauty, you look at the vastness of our great country, and I'm wondering if that was God at His very best. Oh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure about it. But what if you looked at not only the beauty of our own country, but what if you looked at the, some of the natural wonders of the world? You know, in Africa, they have what they call the Victorian Falls. You know, if, you, if you've ever seen it on the internet or pictures of it or been there, you'll quickly realize that the Victorian Falls in Africa is the largest sheet of water in the whole world. It's the largest sheet of falling water in the whole world. They say, I've never been there, but they say that if you're there, you can hear a claps of thunder every time the water hits the earth because it's the largest sheet of falling water in the whole world. It's 360 feet high in the air. Many people think that it's breathtaking to view that amount of water flowing down from a mountain and hitting earth. I don't know if, if that is God at his best. Maybe it was. Maybe that was his handiwork. Maybe that was his piece of perfection. What about the Great Barrier Reef of Australia? They tell me that you can go out of space and look down on planet Earth. And if you're in the right location, the continent of Australia, and you look at that, you can see the beautiful blue waters from space. What about Mount Everest found in Asia? The height of that 
mountain is the highest mountain in the world, 29,000 feet high in the air. Many people have attempted to climb that mountain, and many people found themselves grasping for air. Many people have died. There are those who have accomplished their goal to climb the highest view, which is found in Mount Everest. You know, I, I don't know if that was God at his best. I, I wonder if God could have done something better than making Mount Everest. You ever thought about it? I mean, God, maybe you could have made the mountain higher. I, I don't know if God could have done better. I'm not sure if that's God at his best. What about, what about the Grand Canyon of Arizona? 277 miles long, over a mile deep. The beauty is breathtaking to those who behold it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe God could have made it deeper. Maybe, maybe that really wasn't his masterpiece. Maybe it was the northern lights of Alaska. The weird display of lighting in the air or the sky is weird to those who see it, but it's been there for centuries. God was painting in the sky. I, I don't know if God could have done better. Now, I'm not the smartest person in this room, but I will have to say this. The Grand Canyon is very beautiful and never been to Mount Everest, but they tell me it's gorgeous if you can get to the top. I've never been to Alaska, but the northern lights of Alaska, is, they say it's wonderful to behold. I, I've not been to some of these places. I just have to take people's word for it, that it's beautiful, it's, it's breathtaking. It is no wonder the Bible says, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm convinced that you don't need a Bible to tell you there's a God. The Bible doesn't even defend itself that there is a God. It assumes you understand there is a God. You can take a walk today and look at the beautiful weather that we have. Look at the millions of stars above your head. You can look at the sun and the moon at night and you can know that there is somebody out there. I'm wondering if God could have done better in all of this. I mean, what if, what if you look at the universe? Do you know that they say that there are over 50,000 million galaxies in the universe? Our sun, our moon, our earth, and our surrounding planets are just one galaxy of the 50,000 million galaxies that they say is out there. A typical galaxy can contain over 50,000 million stars in just one galaxy, and we're one of the thousands and millions and millions of galaxies that they say is out there. They taught me in science class that the Earth is always moving. It spins and it rotates while traveling in a big circle around the sun. Its path 
is 583 billion miles long around the sun. The earth travels along its path 66,000 miles per hour. Isn't it amazing that right now we are spinning around the sun going 66,000 miles per hour and you're not even aware of it? You have no clue. You're thinking about what you're going to eat after church. But ladies and gentlemen, you're going faster than what you think. 66,000 miles per hour around the sun. I don't know about you, but i got to stop and think to myself, there has to be a God. But I'm wondering if he could have done better. I'm wondering if we could go faster. Do you know that they say there's a lot of water in the earth's atmosphere? In fact, Pastor Orlando, there's enough water right above our heads that if it would rain all at one time, it would flood the earth like it did in the days of Noah. The atmosphere that holds all of the water is 250 miles above the earth's atmosphere, and yet it knows at the exact time when to water the earth. Our planets are located in the exact position. Our planet, our planet earth, is in the perfect place for our need for water. You see, ladies and gentlemen, if we was any closer or any further away from the sun, the water would freeze. All the water would boil away or it would freeze. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if God could have done any better than this. I mean, this is outstanding in my book. This is Perfect in my book. I mean, the sun has never needed to be repaired after all these years. Nobody has needed to change a light bulb for the galaxy in all these years. Somebody just wave your hand and say, I know there's a God this morning. The moon has never needed to be refurbished. The moon has never needed an electrician. The earth has never needed to be repaired. It is no wonder the psalmist David records in Psalm 104 and verse 1. David said, O oh Lord my God, you are very great and you are clothed with honor and majesty. You have clothed yourself with light as a garment. You have stretched out the heavens like a curtain. You lay the beams of your upper chambers in water. You make the cloud his chariot, and you walk on the wings of the wind, and you make your angels spirits and your ministers as flames of fire. You, Lord, have laid the foundation of the earth so that it should not be moved forever, and you've covered the deep as with a garment. The water stood above the mountains. He waters the hills from his chambers, and the earth is satisfied by the fruit of your works. He appointed the moon for the seasons, for the sun knows the going down, and you make darkness and its night. O oh Lord, O oh Lord, how magnified are your works, for in wisdom you have made all of these possessions." 
Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but when I look at the universe, when I look at our beautiful country, when I take a glimpse of the galaxies, i got to throw my hand up and say, I can testify that there is only but one and living, true, and holy God who sets high and looks low. Is there anybody that believes that there is a God and He still exists? It is no wonder. It is no wonder Nehemiah, the great prophet of the Old Testament, said it like this. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Nehemiah stood up before the great assembly of the people and he uttered these words. The same words I'm going to utter to you. Nehemiah said, as he stood before God's people, You alone are Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, along with the multitudes of the stars of the earth and all that is in it, the sea and all that's in them. You gave life to them all, and the multitude of heaven will worship you. You see, Nehemiah testified the same thing that David testified, that it is God who made the heavens And it is God who made the earth. You see, David said in Psalm 19, verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Ladies and gentlemen, i got to just stop here for a few moments, and I've got to tell you something. I know we live in a humanistic society where even our teenagers at school and our, our those who go to universities here in America are being taught a different gospel. Now let me just say this loud and clear, that as Christians we believe that God is the creator of heaven and he is the creator of the earth. He is the creator. I don't know about you, but maybe, maybe God said to himself, it's good, but I've done better. I mean... I I, I don't know about this. I would think, after everything you've done, God, you're awesome. I mean, God, look look at the Grand Canyon. Look at these stars. Look at the earth. Look at the galaxies you've created. God, you're awesome. There's no need for you to do better. I mean, you've done awesome, God. Maybe... Maybe we're okay with that. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out how beautiful nature is. I agree that God did his his best. I agree that God doesn't need to change anything. He was pretty awesome when he did all that. But, But let me ask you this question. Can God do better? Is God at his best when he performs miracles? I mean, have you ever seen a miracle? You thought to yourself, if I was God, I'd probably do it this way. You ever thought that? Have you ever tried to analyze God and try to come up with a different plan and say, well, I know they're healed and, and there are probably those who will think, 
Well, if God can heal, then why isn't that person doing so and so? Or why isn't that person doing this? That's just us. We're, we always want to do things better. But I am not sure if God thinks that way. I think that when God makes something and does something, that is perfection at its finest. Can somebody just help the preacher this morning? You ever read the story about the death of Lazarus, how he was dead for four days, his sisters were mourning and crying, and they said to him, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Now, me, I would have said, Lord, you could have done better. You should have been here when my brother Lazarus was dying. Why did you wait, Lord? But I've got to stop and say this, that this is God at his best. This, this is God at his perfection. Even though he was late, God knew exactly what he was doing. I don't know about you, but what about Peter going fishing one day and opened the mouth of the fish and found some money in there to pay for his taxes? Now, I know that we would probably like to say, but if I was God, I would give it to him another way. But let me just say to you, that every miracle and every supernatural event found in the pages of the Bible is God at His perfection. I don't know if you can improve on some of these miracles. Standing up on the Judean hillside, preaching the gospel, took a little boy's lunch and fed the multitude. Now, if I was there, Sister Kathy, if I was in the crowd... I'd probably be a shouter. I'd probably stand up in the crowd and say, God, dude, you're awesome. Can I hear? If I was in the crowd, I would say, Lord, you outdone yourself today. I mean, your sermon was good, but you outdid yourself when you did this miracle. If I was Peter and I was fishing and found some money, I'd say, I'd say, you think you can help me out with electric bill too? Come on, somebody. I probably would say, Lord, I think you can do better here. But every miracle is God at his best. Did God, is God at his best when he made the heavens and the earth? Probably. Is God at his best when he performs miracles? I would assume so. Let me propose this question to you. What about his son, Jesus? I mean, just think about this. All of you have been indoctrinated by Christianity. You don't think about the deity of Jesus. It's been settled long years ago. Just think about it. God becoming man. One of the greatest mysteries of the Bible is that God loved the world. Now we have a false theology that if there was only us, He would die for us. But that's not Bible. He said He loves the world. 
not just you. He loved the world, and he came for the world. He didn't just come for you. He came for the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But this is what trips me up. How can you give the only thing that's valuable to you? How can you give it to a group of people who is, unse- who is selfish and ungrateful? I promise you, I probably couldn't find somebody in this building who you would give your son to a group of people who is ungrateful, unthankful, and rebellious. The greatest mystery of the world is that God would give something valuable to a world who is unthankful, rebellious, depraved, fallen, and broken. He gave it to them. And they crucified him. Reminds me of that old song. His love is more than any tongue could ever tell. God, the love of God is more than any tongue could tell. I mean, consider it. This man, Jesus, born in a manger, lived in a little town of Nazareth. His earthly father was a carpenter. His mother was a young peasant woman. He lived 33 years. He never got married, never had a family, never wrote a book, never went to school, never had a degree, never preached in a cathedral, never even left his homeland. And yet this man, who did very few things according to your standards and my standards, this man has separated time has separated history between A.D. and B.C. This man has made the greatest mark in human history. You can get in your car and drive down the main street of America and you'll see figures like the cross behind me. And every cotton field, every rice paddy field, every wheat field here in America, every bean field, You can find a church somewhere located, somewhere in our great country. But not just our great country, you travel the world and Christianity is growing by record numbers. How is it possible that all these people are building these churches following a man who was born in a manger never married, never wrote a book, never had a family. All these people are following this man. He never even organized a religion. But you know what they did to him? They, he suffered a cruel death. And this man has caused millions of people to follow him. That's, what, that's just what blows me away. I mean, 
You say, well, Pastor, he's done miracles. But I can prove to you in the philosophy books of America where there was great people who performed miracles and raised the dead. That's no big deal. There's been false teachers who have performed miracles. There's been false prophets who have performed miracles. And do you know what? History tells us there's been great teachers of the past who have built great organizations. They've had their own Bible. They've had their own book. They've had their own miracles. But what makes this man different than any other man in human history? Why would people suffer cruel deaths? Why would people go across the world, across the seas, and preach about this man? Why would people build schools and colleges and universities and hospitals and orphanages in the name of this man? Why would people leave their families and leave their earthly goods and they sacrifice all that they know to serve this man and to preach his teachings? It, it, it boggles my mind. But this is the thing about this man is that the man who died to give us an experience, he lives to continue that experience. There is something that when it grasps the soul of the man, and when it grasps the soul of the woman, it changes their life forever. And there are millions of people today who can testify that this man from the town of Nazareth has changed my life forever. Forever he's changed my life. And I want to ask this church a question. Has the love of God pricked your heart? Has the love of God pricked your heart in such a way that you're willing to give your all to this man? God, I ask, was this God at his best? Could God have done better? Lord, why did you send your son? Couldn't you have done better than this? Why all the bloody religion? Maybe you could have done better, Lord. Is this God at His perfection? Can we really say that this bloody story that we believe in is God at His best? It is the perfection of God. In closing, I wasn't there when God threw out the stars into the blackness of midnight. I wasn't there when he scooped out the Grand Canyon by his finger. I wasn't there when he threw the universe and spoke it into existence and threw the planets and they spin on nothing. If I was there, I probably would agree that that's probably his perfection. 
That's probably his masterpiece, but I wasn't there. I have limited knowledge of it because I can't see all of it. I, I haven't even seen all the miracles of the Bible. I read about them, but I've never seen them. If I was there, I probably would say, man, this is, this is perfection at its finest. I wasn't there for a lot of that. I wasn't there. I've seen some miracles in my life and some of them great and some of them small and some of them I questioned. But I'm not sure if that's God at His perfection. And Jesus, who is the lover of my soul, has changed my life, but I wasn't there when angels came out on the Judean hillside and they sung happy birthday to Him. Oh, I wish I was. Man, I wish I was there at the manger. And I saw the heavens open up and the angels come out to sing. And shepherds run to see if it was true. I wish I was there. I wish I was there when they hung his bloody bruised body on a Roman cross. And I could feel the earthquake and see the dead saints get up out of the grave. I wish I was there when the angel rolled away the stone and said, don't seek the dead, don't seek the living among the dead. I wish I was there, but I wasn't. I believe it. I believe it's true. I hold fast to it. I wasn't there. But I agree that all of this is God at His perfection. God did great. I don't know if you can improve on any of this. I wouldn't even try. I think this is God at His best. But I want to leave this thought with you. Although I wasn't there for any of that, I was there in my sin. And I felt my shame. And I felt my guilt. And I felt my hopelessness. And I felt my annihilation from God. That's what I felt. And I'm here this morning to testify that the same God who made the heavens and the earth and the same God who performed miracles and the same God who revealed Himself in Jesus Christ was the same God who reached down His hand to a dirty soul, reached down his hand to a lost soul and converted me and brought me out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And I can raise my hands this morning and I can say I wasn't there, but I testify that I was there in my sin and he saved me and redeemed me and filled me with the love of God. God had his perfection is God when He saved your soul. That's when God is at perfection. How He can take a black soul, wash it in red blood, and make it white as snow. Sister Beaver, that is God at His perfection. And now some of us need to be reminded of the life we used to live and the sin that we came from, we need to be reminded this morning that it was but for the grace of God that brought us out, that He might bring us in. Can somebody throw your head back and your hands up and say hallelujah to the King of kings and the Lord of lords? 
I'm telling you that is God at His best. Never forget where you've come from. Don't forget how wretched and miserable you were in your sin. And don't forget your destination. Be reminded this morning of the grace of God and the love of God. I want to tell you something, because i got to talk about me, because I can't talk about you. And you've heard me say this, but i got to remind myself. I grew up in drugs and alcohol, you know that. Meth and drugs and always just the same stuff, over and over. The other day I was so frustrated over it. It's like, God, I can't take this anymore. And I heard, and I, I want to give up on people, say, just write them off. I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, Son, that could have been you, but I preserved you. And I want to I tell you something, that the grace of God doesn't keep you from sin. It can preserve you and keep you in the love of God. Ladies and gentlemen, it could have been us. It can be you this morning at the homeless shelter. It could be you this morning laid up at the hospital. It could be you on meth this morning. It could be one of your kids. And that is why this morning we need a Holy Ghost remembrance. And we need to thank God for the grace and the mercy of Almighty God that has been bestowed upon our life this morning. It's, it's okay. It's okay as long as it doesn't affect you, right? As long as it's not your children. As long as it's not your grandchildren. We live in a holy huddle, and it's okay. But let's be reminded that you can't, in your own accord, keep yourself living holy. If it's not for the grace of God, you would have done it too. Can I say that? I said, if it wasn't for the grace of God, you would have done it too. But I just got to shout a few moments here. I know I'm not sad. I just feel the Holy Spirit all morning this morning. And every once in a while, I just got to stand to my feet and raise my hands and just give God a little praise up in the sanctuary and thank God for His mercy and thank God for His grace and thank God for His love and thank God for bringing me out. I got to give Him praise for it i got to give Him glory for it. There's something on the inside of me that compels me to worship God.